Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hey everyone, welcome to The Todd Donald Show. I'm back, baby. Now when I say I'm back... I'm referring to the fact that, as some of you know, uh, since the beginning of the year, I've been living in Joa Haven, Nunavut, with my partner, who's a teacher there. Joa Haven being in the Arctic Circle, it's no sun or it's all sun. It's endless winter, isolated, there's no trees, no grass, the warmth and heat are extremely dry or drying, and I'm not a fan. <laughs> Get it? So Katie and I are down for the summer. We're in Ontario now, as of Monday night, and in quarantine in Waterdown. I can't wait to see nobody in Waterloo unless we're wearing masks and or six feet apart. I understand Starbucks is still open. Hell yeah. Anyway, point is, I'd like to thank Katie very much for being the agent for us of this entire operation. She's hella experienced and skilled at travel booking and etc. And uh, made this all happen. So thanks, schnookums. I'm glad to be back in Ontario, but I'm still heartbroken that I was not around to march with everyone in Waterloo last week. I do stand in solidarity with my fellow human beings and the Black Lives Matter movement. I know I've always been, even before social media, but even then, when you think you're aware of your own privilege, and then, for example, you watch The 13th, a documentary my partner showed me on Netflix, and you have a heart, it's a lot harder to get it sleep at night, given a very clear illustration of just how bad it's always been and still is. And no, Ford, not just in America. And even then, I have the privilege of not thinking about it if I choose not to. So I acknowledge that privilege and also that we have a long, long way to go for justice and so much more. And certainly until the planet is a true reflection of the fact that black lives matter, because it's obvious that up until and including now, they have not. Not in the sense that mine has. But no matter how long the journey is, I'm up for it. And yeah, I'm not good at this. I talk and gobble the gook, but I have a platform and I just used it. And I'm going to use it again. Now about this episode, as stated in the intro, I'm a singer-songwriter and this is my show where I get to chat with other creative people, artists, performers, and the basic premise being that it's about nothing, minutia, casual conversation, a chance to bullshit and just have fun kind of hanging out. You're just hearing us all hanging out, essentially. There's no agenda and whatever comes out of that could be deep or a learning experience. And if that happens, it happened purely and organically out of spontaneity, but, but, but if it doesn't happen and the guest or listener is hoping for it i've come to feel guilty so to speak about not delivering that all the time and in the past couple of months and in coming back to this i've been incredibly inspired to deep dive into the personal uh, stories of my guests all of whom i'm especially grateful for the time of by the way you listening to this you're also very special to me i like you your shit is awesome and while there's a lot of mind-building we can do about the creative process i think there's something more unique about every individual, regardless of what they do, if the conversation is geared towards the story of that person. So for those of you who've been listening, you may have noticed that, or yet noticed that, it'll still uniquely be my show, of course, with my random nonsense and creativity nerd stuff, but the focus will be on the contours and edges of people's bio. So, I mean, look, the more I try to explain this, and for those that are asking whom is nobody, the more it sounds like something abstract that doesn't make any sense. So I'll leave it at that. On this episode is a singer-songwriter currently based in Utah of the USFA. 
named Austin Gray. And we lay by the bay and eat some hay. He's uh, lived in a few different places. I actually met him on purevolume.com in 2004 when his band bio reflected his attendance at Music Post Secondary in Boston. And our friendship blossomed from there on social media, like AOL Instant Messenger and MySpace. (laughs) And we were able to do early versions of voice chat, song trading, and file share recording projects. Over 15, 16 years later, we can still spin a yarn and admire each other's music. And that certainly speaks for Austin Gray's first digitally distributed single, Lost Time, which upon hearing it last month sparked my invite. And we recorded a chat on May 15th, almost a month ago, over Zoom. One final note, we didn't get too far into Austin's story because of Zoom being really choppy that day, but we did have a nice chat and the chat that we had can't be reenacted. So you get this, which is part one. And Austin and I will catch up again soon and record part two. So enjoy our greetings, which in the first few minutes will jump into Austin's new single, Lost Time. Enjoy, Homo sapiens. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, buddy. How's it going, dude? It's going pretty good. How are you? Cheers. Welcome to the Arctic. Look uh, at you. You're way up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm living in Utah now. I got my daughter's here right now. I got I got divorced in January of last year. Part of the whole thing, I agreed to move to Utah. I work from home. I'm a software developer, software engineer for a company called Travelers Insurance. I think they're a multinational conglomerate, some type. Big red umbrella. Big fan. I love them. Love working for them. What do you do with them? I just write code. I'm mostly working on some internal things that it's not no public facing items, just some internal toolings. I'm a DevOps guy, and that means I work on uh, tools for other developers to use, essentially. Did you go to school for that? I uh, My daughter's trying to show me her fake tooth falling out. She's been making fake teeth out of Play-Doh and trying to trick me into thinking that they're falling out. <laughs> to answer your question, no, I did not. I've, I've always been a computer nerd. I went to music school. I think you know you knew that, right? Yeah. For a semester, and I dropped out. Uh, that's my the extent of my schooling. Uh, but I've been working professionally, you know, as in some capacity, at doing web development since I was sixteen. Wow. On and off, I guess. Yeah. So I'm thirty four now. I think we're. I mean, fuck. I mean, I forget things, but I always knew that we were the, mm-hmm. pretty much the same age. I too forget things. <laughs> Although I feel like you had an eighty five birthday or an eighty six. Eighty four. 84 okay other way around one down not one up okay right yeah it's not really one up i mean i'm i i, I know plenty of people who are <laughs> a, de- a decade younger than me who are intellectually superior for sure well that's just your opinion i think they're idiots because they're still young <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah anybody younger than me is dumb anybody older than me doesn't quite see things as sharply as i do <laughs> oh. okay so if you remember i was looking for other singer-songwriters to be friends with and, and get to know. And it was part of just discovering new music. Yeah. Trying to make a connection at a time when I didn't have a social life. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware that there was a music scene in town. So becoming friends with you online, even if only online, like you've always been on a screen. You might not even be a real right. person as far as I know. Um, but- I, digital simulations have come a long way. <laughs> It was as real as I needed it to be. Like, I think in your case specifically, it was just very gratifying to know someone who was like close in age to me, had a lot of the same favorite bands, who was also 
furiously writing and DIY recording at the time. Uh, yeah. Cool to meet someone from far away. Yeah. Like, like we didn't get thrown in jail overnight or anything or uh, play any gigs together. We didn't have the opportunity. Yeah. By the way, I've been saving this for too long. I can't wait till the end of this. Uh, chatting with you, I feel like we're really making up for lost time. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. How dare you? When you go down below with something you don't know, that's lost time. That's just time you gave away. If you get caught on the up and find you're in a rut, well, that's lost time. Just an unpaid holiday. Losing ten years on a premonition. Lord, it felt you were on a mission. But really, there was something missing. That's lost time, that's lost time. Wishing all the world were mine. That's lost time, that's what everybody's saying. And you thought you'd find some shelter. But there's just helter skelter. And really, That's lost time Go with what she said About that country music That's lost time That's just lovers playing games Chatter in your head Let it follow you lost time that's just echoes in your brain living like there would be no tomorrow with nothing permanent to borrow now you're drowning in the sorrow that's lost time that's lost time you were always on my mind and that's lost time that's what all the people say you thought you'd love forever Now she won't pull your lever But really, you just ain't that clever That's lost time, that's lost time Wishing all the world were mine That's lost time, that's what everybody say And you thought you'd find some shelter But there's just hell to skelter That's lost time That's lost time Austin Gray is a singer-songwriter from Utah right now Only my second American guest on the show He's also one of my oldest friends One of the ones I still chat with from time to time And it sounds of all the male musicians whom I met on the internet in college and haven't met in person, Austin is in the top six. Seriously, Austin Gray remains in my heart as one of my favorite people. And in a time when MySpace was an embryo and purevolume.com was the ultimate music discovering and social network for musicians, I couldn't have been happier to find the singer-songwriter whose song, I guess we'll never know, 
that version of it at least acoustic with a human beatbox and the bounce bass was on there i couldn't have been happier to chat about music and recording and being 19 to 22 years old with this fellow who also loves the beatles and dylan and we were both fans of each other so finding your people as I'm sure you all know, is one of the most important fucking things. And while I later found several more locally who I could share gigs with, late drunken ramblings and shared in-person experience, Austin Gray has remained in my heart as just a wonderful pal. And I recall that we found a way to have each other on some form of social media over the years, staying loosely in touch. And semi-recently, Austin was getting more active on YouTube, recorded a cover of one of my songs. I don't know where that went. And was way better than me at doing it. It's come to a time when there's like a fully finished studio track. I don't know if maybe he did it himself. I'm going to ask him all about it. The song is called Lost Time. It's fucking amazing. I heard that and I had to get him on Zoom. Here he is coming at you from Utah, Austin Gray. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Was that Todd? I mean, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that was great. That's quite the intro. I mean, I don't know where to, where to go from that. Uh-huh. My daughter's here. She might pop in from time to time. It's the Zoom time. I don't know, baby. Yeah, I'm in the on a phone call, please, though. Okay? I'll be done soon. That's staying in. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to get used to that today. It's just the way it's going to be. Look up Utah. and <laughs> It's um, a state in the Midwest. I, I never thought I'd live out here. But then again, I've lived other places I never thought I'd live. Texas, for example. Alabama. Right. I've been all over, but I'm in Utah now. St. George, and it's a very fast-growing city. It's small, but it's not as small as it was 10 years ago. Uh, it's about 100,000 people, maybe 150 in the surrounding like, area, 150,000 people. Uh, it's, kinda, it's about two hours north of Las Vegas and four hours south of Salt Lake City. Right on. If you're even familiar with those places. Are you familiar with those places? Yeah, I, I, most of the movies I watch are made and or set in america so right um, the states are a lot more glamorized for me as being where you know a lot of my favorite rock and roll bands are from or action happens <laughs> like sure. if short if short if an austrian named schwarzenegger is beating up some russian blonde dudes it's happening in america. <laughs> that's true and it's been a good move i've met a lot of people uh, quickly first thing i do when i move to any new area I find the coffee shop and I find the bar that I like going to. And so I did that pretty quick, quickly networked with almost the entire music scene out here. Not the entire scene, but, but a large portion of it. Yeah. Probably a lot of the prominent players. There's some crazy talent out here for sure. That's fantastic. I think as someone who has not lived in a lot of places, one of the biggest fears is not only just having to to let go of people, but not knowing if you're going to find people again and of course that's that's a stupid thought to have because even without having done it i'm sure you can not in the arctic not where i am but like other places <laughs> where the, the sun doth shine let's start off with the song lost time okay I, one of the things that i wanted to say about it was drunken horny people at the club either trying to hook up or cheating on each other don't fucking need more songs about being drunk and horny at the club and hooking up with each other but they fucking get them repetitively that keeps the industry going you know you got to have a it's, you know yeah. you have to have the next club banger the next night you know it's just like you got to have the next night club's banger and on the, tap so i get why they make music in that genre it's great great stuff oh yeah I'm a fan. 
I would be a hypocrite if I didn't announce that I love songs in that genre. Yeah. Um, what up, Justin Timberlake? And there are some songs where it's like... What up, JT? I had this hang-up for years of thinking that songs needed a chorus to be sung. Sometimes you don't need a chorus. You just drop the bass to a sub-level and put some synth line. <laughs> and then it comes back. Okay, well, then call it a chorus, though, because you do <laughs> have to have a chorus. Yeah. So you write this brilliant song about yearning, reflection, pain, humility, sure. humility and wisdom. Thanks, man. And uh, it's completely unnecessary because it's so much depth. It's, it's going to be unpleasant and unmarketable, but yet at the same time, unique and beautiful and full of thought from someone who loves music and ear candy. And uh, when I heard it, I expected nothing less of you. I heard traces of the same Austin Gray original music and vocals that I'd spent, you know, a long time with an inclination to hear and find pleasing. But as for the first time I was hearing something, you know, it was fleshed out that sounded, for lack of something that doesn't sound bad, it sounded intentional and refined as fuck. It's also tuned down a half step, so it's like E flat, so it's like a, so it's just a little lower than I would typically right. sing it if I was performing it live, you know? I always loved but, your voice, um, it, Thank you, man. I appreciate I always loved your voice, and I always loved your songwriting. There's something, you know, you have this, um, and I think we both kind of were tapping on the same thing, and that was we have personality in our writing. That's why I was a fan of yours back in the days, because you had personality that was geared with also with like, you know, good pop, not pop, a good rock and pop sentiment. It really touched what I was, it was really connected with what you were doing within to what I was doing. I felt very parallel path, if you yeah. will. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, it's the same kind of, you, you said it's the same Austin Gray that you remember from back in the day, because I feel like I veered, I veered off course. I started playing all these bands and I started, um, I stopped recording. You know, I stopped recording like I used to or yeah. back in the day, back when we first were introduced. And I feel like I'm finally back. Like, and I, I'm not kidding you. I feel like I'm back on that path. Uh, I'm back and I'm going to start releasing songs at a similar clip as I was back then. Only the recording quality is going to be professional. You know, I'm not going to do the home. I'll do home demos, but I'm only going to release them if they're of that caliber. Right. But it's also the songwriting and, and the recording process and performances themselves. They're going to be just like I used to do with that same mindset that I abandoned in pursuit of being some kind of like, you know, playing in some kind of jam band or sick guitar player, which I'm just not. I'm just not that sick of a guitar player. I, I can nail a good part if I practice it, but I just can't improv like Jimmy Herring. I never will be able to. You know, George Harrison had fun with the sitar, but, you know, eventually he put it down. Well, he was good at it, though. He was good. I mean... Yeah. But he had to get back to writing, like, While My Guitar Gently Weeps and stuff, so... Yeah. We had to put out the hits. (laughs) What do you remember of um, some of our interactions? For instance, one that I, I recall was sending files back and forth so that you and I could record a Beatles cover of I'm looking through you from far, far away. Mm-hmm. I just remember back in that time, it was like a frenzy of like, everything was exciting and new and the internet was, emer- you know, the internet was evolving at that time. You know, internet 1.0, it kind of established itself, like, you know, America online. That was my first foray into, into the, well, actually before that I was doing like, you know, dial up BBS stuff, but the internet was evolving. The platform was evolving. Now we have websites like, pure volume where you could get a ton of listeners you know out of nowhere out of thin air if you just put up good material people would find yeah. it i felt like at the time at least 
and it was right in that drive is where we connected right in the middle of that. And I mm-hmm. felt like we were, I felt like we, we were really onto something. We did that fun little Beatles song and it just came together so quick, you know? Yeah. And you, it, well, mainly because you had done the foundational track and I just had to throw in some vocals and guitar, but, and then you iced it on top of the night, nice little harmonies there. And it was just great. In my- it was way more wild west back then. <laughs> as far as the internet goes, you know, the internet's kind of the plat, the pipeline and the platform has really evolved and come together. I'm, I'm doing a terrible job, but take that as just a symptom of the fact that I'm really happy to be chatting with you again. I, Don't I, uh, say that. Don't, stop <laughs> saying you're doing a terrible job because I have nothing to do it against because I've never participated in a podcast. I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Well, thank you. First of all, you hit a home run by booking me. Absolutely. It's a great job. Not to cycle back to it too much, but I wasn't surprised. I was just blown away in the sense that like, I just really, really enjoyed hearing this new track by you. Well, thank you, man. And I should mention for the listener now that, yes, I was honored to have one of my original songs covered by someone and for that someone to be you. And well, I'm not done with that. So, I mean, I did that little, you know, that, that was the quick little recording. I would love to studio record that. I found, you know, so I recorded that track Lost Time, right? Yes. And I, I was in this, prior to that, I have been, so I've got a couple of different song ideas I'm working on. I'm tooling with the idea of releasing an album. For about one month, I was grinding on one song in my home studio. Like Seriously, after work, I would just log a 10-hour day trying to track everything perfectly, and then I would delete it all. You know, I was grinding on that one song over and over and over. And then I, I had an opportunity to record with a guy here in town, and he was the go-to guy. He's the guy. There's two people, but this guy was like, you know, hey, you want to, you really want to use this guy if you can. And it took me a while to get in touch with him. And I, and I went in there, you know, no expectation, didn't even know which song to do. I, I had two songs that I thought I was going to do one song. I was like, you know what, I'll just try this Lost Times because I thought it was a throwaway track kind of. I was just, you know, see how it turns out. And in two sessions, you know, we were done. Mixed and mastered, two sessions. One and a half session, really. Yeah, we recorded, we tracked everything one day and then we, we finalized the mix and did a little, you know, I, I re-recorded a little guitar on the second day, but really two days done. And right. it just blew me away. I was like, okay, that's how it should be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, burning a month trying to get one song done and I just go in here and we just nail it. And it doesn't hurt that this guy is a studio wizard, also like a, a world-class piano and organ player. Right. The guy is insane. His name's John Houston. He was just, I blew every expectation away. So I lucked out getting the opportunity to record with him. His last name is a city in Texas. You can't lose with that name. And so he's the ace of St. George. Dude, I'm Austin. He's Houston. Holy shit. It was meant to be. That's fucked up. <laughs> in a good way. I mean, it goes without saying, because you said it already, but you tend to like overthink because you love making the song so much. Needing it to be perfect. Especially when you're recording yourself. If you're recording yourself, you can sit there and hate every take. But something that's not you can be like, that sounded actually really good. Just, you know, why don't you take your hands off the controls for a little bit? I trust my ideas. I trust my approach. But I don't trust my execution of anything. Anything? Yeah. (laughs) No, like I've I've recorded myself and I've I've spent hours mixing and, and yet I never... If I did find myself liking something and and saying, okay, I can stop now. I would listen to the same track mm-hmm. even later and go, that's fucked up. I got to take these old things and redo them. And uh, Yeah, I know exactly how you feel on that. And, and finding somebody that you can trust to, to just defer to them, be like, what do you think? You know, I found myself over and over that session for the last time, 
over and over, I just said, I don't know, man. What do you think? And he's like, love it. Moving, moving on, you know, love it. Moving on. And he's just, okay. Let's just keep going. We'll keep trying. Right. I, I definitely um, identified with elements of what was in the song lyrically and it tells a story without telling the story. Are you mm-hmm. up for illuminating uh, my list? Yeah. You know, I had just had a, uh, I, I wrote a song. I came up with, a, I had a song idea and it just kind of went off one day and I started, I was walking around the house playing the guitar for a couple hours, just riffing on this song idea I had. And that is going to be the next track I record. And after, right. but after that, you know, I, I and I really liked the track, and I thought it was a really killer track. And that's the one I was going to originally record. After I kind of cooled off on that track, I was down at the uh, local guitar shop talking to the guy who runs the shop, and we just started having the conversation, kind of about psychedelics a little bit. He mentioned the phrase that he had like something happened where it's just like for ten years he was on this tangent. And, you know, I can kind of relate to a degree, but it's just like 10 years, it just kind of got set off. And then you got just his path got diverged from maybe from where he was headed. And he just kind of kicked him on a sour path or something. Just like that. Right. And uh, so that's, there's a line in the song, losing 10 years on a premonition. It kind of came from that. It, the, the, the first verse kind of stemmed from that conversation. You know, if you go down below with something you don't know. And that kind of speaks, you know, it's just a... Um, I don't want to get too explicit with uh, with your users here, but it's just like you know, drug use. There's definitely a psychedelic drug use kind of a right, uh, but that could uh, be a, a parallel to life experience too. Make it, it could mean anything you wanted to. I shouldn't have even said anything, but yeah, that's essentially what kicked <laughs> it off was that conversation. It's just like you're kind of stuck. Not nothing's hitting the way it's supposed to be, and then the uh, the idea is you know, then the course that's lost time. That's just uh, it's one way. It's you know, you're identifying it as lost time, but you're also trying to say like you know, you can't get hung up on that stuff. It's like if you get hung up on it, that's you're just kind of spinning your wheel. That's life. I think the song makes the statement of looking at something as lost time, but also that's a moment later on in your life it might be something that you gained more from than was lost or who knows if the song says yeah. that too it's brilliant and not to put young people down maybe that should be the thing maybe we should maybe we should i feel like that's the song that only <laughs> someone our age could write and when i say write the song i mean like literally writing that song but you can't live or have an understanding you can't apply it to your life at 24 you should be out being dumb and having fun but if you're in your mid yeah day, you're starting to look back a little bit. It's not your be-all and end-all of conscious thought, but it's there, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, you still strike me as someone who's uh, keeping healthy. I mean, your hair is all brown. Black, is it? Well, that's not true. And I'm starting to, you know, starting to, it's, you know, believe it or not, it's receding up in the, up in the corners, you know, and it's, it's happened. It happens, you know, right. You know, right now the camera kind of makes it darker, matted. Okay. It's definitely thinning out, graying out, you know, whiting out and stuff like that. But you know what? I've kind of gotten over that hang up. I think I'm going to, as it recedes, I'm just going to let it flow. The long, the more it <laughs> recedes, the more I'm going to let it flow in the back. That's what kind of what my thought process is now i was getting a little nervous about it for you know for a little bit but that's lost time bro <laughs> i'm gonna write one called lost hair <laughs> <laughs> i think hey, it should flow dude oh. i think you just let it flow no matter what yeah well it's so salt and peppery now that i wouldn't be cool with that i mean most of my yeah, hair you got a good head yeah i got so a nice can, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you closely here you got a good head so Thanks. You're in luck there. You got those you got those beautiful eyes, Todd. Look at you. <laughs> let's yeah. let's let's get a bit of your story. And we don't have to zoom through this. 
if you have to go at any point, we will zoom through it. I'll just bullet point this. The weirdest, okay. dumbest thing to bullet point and, and zoom through. But going back to the brief little stint you did from popping out of the womb to going to Boston for music, that brief little time, who'd you grow up mm-hmm. Well, my mother and father. I, I was born in the house that I grew up in. Okay. You know, not many people I know can say that. And also my placenta was in my freezer. Still in my free, my parents' freezer to this as, day. As you do. So I grew up with my placenta. Just in case, you know. Well, it's, you know, they froze it and it's still in the freezer and it's vitamin rich, nutrient rich. And so they kept saying on my 18th birthday, they were going to make me eat it. <laughs> but you know, I'm older. I still haven't eaten it, and I'm you know, 34 now. You know, so I, I think they were just pulling my leg. <laughs> I came out of the womb, and all I got was this lousy placenta. That's funny. Um, yeah. Well, I've got a yeah, I've got an older sister who was around quite a bit, but then I've got a brother who's older than that, and he was you know around for the most part of my younger childhood, and then he kind of went on fish tour when he was a young guy, right? And so he, I would see him in and out over the next, you know, past, you know, that's another story. And then I've got my oldest brother who I didn't really grow up with. I just saw him. He, he joined the, uh, he's 15 years older than I am. And so he went to Germany for an exchange program right wow. around when I was born. And then he came back, he went to the army. And so we didn't really have a relationship up until a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, 10 years ago. Now I moved to Texas and I lived with him for a little bit and I got to know him real well. So that was interesting. Uncle brother. I love it. But yeah. Before you went to Boston for music, did you have a scene or a presence or some kind of active music life before that? My family every year at Christmas time, we would gather at my aunt Margaret's house and we, my cousins would play guitar. One of my cousins, Christian, he would play guitar and he was a good guitar player. And uh, he, we would all sing songs and play guitar. And then my cousin married a uh, piano player back when around when i was maybe 14 or so 13 i want to say and so he started showing up to the christmas parties he was a really killer piano player he still is actually uh, when i moved back to connecticut 2015 i joined his band so i played in my cousin-in-law's band um but really outside of that no it was just i was just kind of obsessed with you i did band and chorus all growing up and i was just obsessed with uh i loved singing and then uh, something happened late in high school where I just kind of like became obsessed with the idea of playing in bands. Right. You know, I just wanted to play in a band. And I wanted to rock out, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I let go of that. I just... Can you hear that? That's my daughter singing. Just can't wait to be King from the Lion King. Nice. Let me fill up my coffee real quick. Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'll do that too. Your pure volume account had it saying Mm -hmm. that at the time, probably when you set it up from Boston, meaning at the time you were in Boston. And as I, as I read, you were taking music at Berkeley and that was one semester. Did you enjoy it? Even though it wasn't really sticking to the, to the goals you had at the time? It's hard to say because at the time, you know, there was a stretch of my time where I was just so like miserable. I was like so gloomy all the time and just like, oh man, like... It's kind of unfortunate I had that outlook. Sorry. I was just so like, I don't know. I was just so, um, I I was depressed, angsty, and and kind of thought I was depressed at at that age. 
I don't know, man. I don't know what it was. And that feeling kind of stayed with me for years. But the only thing was, and I realized this recently, was that anytime I had that feeling, a couple of years later, I'd look back on what was going on in my life. And I'd look back so fondly at that time, like, man, right. why was I so upset then? Look at me now. Like, I'm so upset now. <laughs> that, I wish I could go back to that time. Yeah, you that's know? lost like, time to me. That, yeah, and that's that's I swear to God, that's part of the my. So I had that epiphany like a couple months ago, right as I was writing this song, right around that time. It occurred that epiphany occurred. Like, why would I ever look back on any time, even if it is bad, with any kind? You know, I've never once in my life have I not looked back on a time fondly and like you know longingly to a degree you know it's like oh it was bad but you know if i just looked at things a little differently you know it was great it was the best of times you know right and it's i've adopted that mentality and i got i got out of that but i i just yeah. i was able to look back on that since like it's real having that mindset now where everything is you know look back on the current or look at the current time you're in as the best of times because it really is and i've been trying to maintain that mindset especially through what i'm like the personal stuff i've been going through Right. And it's been very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. It is funny to gain perspective on, for instance, if I was to write a journal like this day was a drag, this day was boring, this day sucks. And I'm like, yeah. you're fucking 19, Todd, right now in the past <laughs> of 2004. You're 19. Yeah. You're, you right. work part time. You got nothing else going on. No bills, no nothing. And it's Man. not like, I'm, I'm not saying now is bad, but I'm saying it's weird right. that I complained about it then considering how uh, infantile life was still. That's like, I wish I could go back and put myself in a headlock and just like squeeze myself to death. <laughs> <laughs> like, knock it off. Snap out of it, kid. Oh, man. But I sh I without that, without those that, without that feeling, though, I wouldn't have been writing the songs I was writing at the time and really connecting with at the time. So, you know, that was part of the deal. Yeah. Awesome. So you have done a lot of things, recording and playing in various formations, yeah. I'm assuming. You were talking about AOL Instant Messenger earlier. Yeah, yeah. The very first couple tracks I released back when, uh, I don't know if you remember that song, Don't Let It Get Away. Yeah. And uh, that was like the first track I kind of released. And I did that through my AOL Instant Messenger profile. And it kind of went viral and kind of blew up through that among my, amongst my friends, you know? So it's just funny. That was my original distribution platform, AOL Instant Messenger. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Friends.